This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. today but uh jeffy filling in hello uh and filling out uh, <laughs> like uh, the rest of us uh, so oh my god uh, good golly oh you, you you insisted on a uh, different kind of chair huh you can't for some reason i don't like those i don't either i told them i told them i would sit in if it matches but mm-hmm. they're kind enough to bring this chair because uh, this was, chair is this is my chair is more comfortable but and it's a little bit shorter, and they, it allows them to make their own little fat jokes. And the, yeah, because they, they were worried about the other one breaking. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Right? Except that the chair that broke yesterday was underneath Pat. <laughs> it, didn't, it actually didn't break. It just came undone. Because it, it oh, it didn't break. It just came undone. The little foot hold. It just came undone. It didn't break. Yeah. Right. It's I'm okay. I'm on it right now, douche. Okay. Triple eight seven two seven back. Here's here's an interesting thing. Uh, in some of these polls now, uh, Trump is starting to uh, show up ahead of Hillary. That's good. Uh, he just jumped past Hillary in a Fox News national poll um, by three points. There was a thousand twenty one registered voters. Now, I don't know if these are likely voters. I don't know. I guess they're just registered. And sometimes that's not. These polls won't be as accurate as right. the ones they take of the likely voters. But uh, the poll does have a margin of error of three points. So it's a statistical tie, they're saying. In previous um, Fox News national polls, Clinton defeated Trump. Last month, she did so by seven points. Clinton still still leads uh, Trump by nearly four points in the real clear politics average. Still, though. So, but but I mean, still Trump is the Trump train is picking up a little bit of steam. You know, there's Sadly. a couple of things. I mean, for for all the people who are telling us that if we say anything bad about this guy, stop it because Hillary's gonna win. If you say one thing about Donald Trump, you're gonna cause Hillary Clinton to win. Calm down. We're at, okay? that, Calm down. That mantra is actually starting to get deafening. And it's pissing me off because if Hillary's elected, it won't be because of us. And I'm just I'm baffled by the number of people telling us to stop talking about Trump or Hillary will win. Um, did it escape your attention that we couldn't affect the freaking Republican race? <laughs> you think the Democrats are now going to start listening to us? No. We couldn't sway enough voters 
to get Ted Cruz over the top in Indiana. I know. Uh, you know, so know. talking about his weird interview with Megyn Kelly yesterday isn't going to change the course of this race. And we gave him the benefit of the doubt in that stupid interview to begin with. Yes. Yeah, we did. Top we really line. Did. We said it was a good interview for Top him. Line. Okay. Thank you for using the uh, uh, the spokesperson speak <laughs> from the radio. Sick of them too. And also, isn't it clear by now that even if it did happen, I. I believe Trump, Donald J. Trump, is the worst candidate of all time. Which means I believe he would make the worst president of all time. As bad as Hillary would be, and uh, I, I, she would be bad. She's good. I mean, there's no question she would be horrific. But make no mistake, Trump would be worse. Not only is he the biggest liar I've ever seen, he's also the dumbest person who's ever been nominated. And, you know, I mean, dumb may not be the best word there. Unlike Donald, I don't have the best words. <laughs> uh, it's more with him, it's more like a lack of intelligence and or knowledge on virtually every important issue. And to you, maybe that doesn't matter, but to me, it's huge. Okay? And don't even... Don't even get me started on how dangerously volatile he is, which is not good in a president. You might be saying, well, he'll hire the best people, though. He said he would. Uh, no, no. We've already seen the people he surrounds himself with, right? The worst people. Like Jeffy just referenced. The, uh, that top line. person. Top line, top line. He wants a dialogue with people. That's not what he said. Putin. That's not what no. he said about about Kim Jong Un. The guy loves him. So, you know, but you can take heart because I know we're going to be talking about him less as time goes on. With the Megan interview yesterday, we had to talk about him because, the, you know, it was the big story of the day. But none of us want to talk about him at all anymore. So this is going to happen organically anyway. But again, We've said all along, you know, it, it, from the beginning, it looked like he couldn't beat Hillary. Ninety-five percent of the polls have shown that, uh, although, he's, as we mentioned, yeah. he's starting to turn that around. But if he loses, it's not our doing. We're headed into a general election now where it's going to be liberals and left-leaning independents that are going to decide this thing, not our listeners, not our yeah. viewers. You know, if we had the kind of power that people are giving us credit for right now, Ted Cruz would be on his way to the nomination at the convention instead of being on his way to a beach in Mexico to recover from this loss. Huh. Uh, you know, if we, we don't have way. that kind of power. Uh, I wish we did. I really do. I, I mean, we did everything we could. We got him to second place, or helped, I think, get him to second place. We did the same thing with, uh, with Rick Santorum, who started at 1% or 2%. But we can't seem to get them over the top. Maybe time for a new coach. Yeah, maybe. You know, after a while, the, the maybe. coach can only get you to the playoffs. All right. It's time to bring in a new time coach to, take him over the top. Time to win the freaking Super Bowl. It is time to win the Super Bowl. And I honestly thought we had the team to do it this time. So did I. So did I. I really did. And that's, you know, that's why we lament this so much. Because we had, we had the best crowd we had the best group we had the best choice ever i think ever i mean we had so many and we've talked about this a million times we had seven guys i could easily vote for 
Seven. Out of 16, right? 16 right. or 17. Now, obviously, my main guy made it all the way till well, he was one of the last standing, didn't quite get there. But the best one was Cruz. But there were seven guys. There were six other people I could have been pretty okay with. And who did we get? The guy I couldn't vote for in a million years. <laughs> right. That's who we got. Really it's, disappointing. It, very disappointing. Really disappointing. It's very disappointing. And I, and I know you mentioned dumb uh, uh, dumb people, but I just want to make sure that I understand what you mean. Because according to um, uh, this, dumb is stupid, unintelligent, ignorant, dense, brainless, <laughs> mindless, foolish, mm-hmm. slow, dull, simple, empty-headed. Okay. <sighs> Idiotic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. imbecilic. Yeah, I mean, right. I changed it though to to not intelligent or knowledgeable, uh, not just dumb. Now, see, and I changed it because in my Facebook post last night, you can go read it if you want. Um, but uh, I changed it because he's so successful as a business guy, right? Even though he's had multiple businesses that he's also driven into the ground. Right, he's Mr. Big Shot. But he has actually, you know, uh, expanded on what his dad built. Yes, he has. And he's had success. He's and so, you know, how stupid can you be if you're a billionaire? I don't know. You've got smarts in something. Somewhere. So he knows how he knows what to do in real estate. He knows what to do in certain things. But in the things that are important and critical to know as a president, he's, it doesn't he's seem like, stupid in It doesn't those. seem like he knows that. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. There's a big difference. I mean, there's just Mm -hmm. a big difference. And you can, I mean, if you listen to almost any other president in talk, and we can make fun of W all you want, but you you listen to almost any other president talk, he doesn't sound like them. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. The, the top line is exactly he doesn't right. sound like that's them. a good top line. I don't. I don't want. I think I'm just going to leave the top line. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Mitt Romney is no longer pursuing an independent candidate to challenge good uh, likely nominee Donald Trump, uh, and he doesn't plan to run himself. Romney allies told Yahoo News that uh, the former GOP nominee. Remains hopeful someone will emerge in opposition. Boy, I do, too. Oh, uh, yeah, except that uh, he reportedly tried to get uh, uh, both 2016 hopefuls, Ohio Governor John Kasich. I know, that's ridiculous. Bad. And Ben Sass of Nebraska, uh, obviously an outspoken Trump opponent, to uh, mount independent bids, and they both said, uh, no, no, thank you. No. Yeah, Sass wouldn't su- win, and he knows it. I know, and I'm kind of surprised about Kasich. I mean, he wants it bad enough. You'd think that he might. He, he might knows he can't think win. about that. He, he, he couldn't get to the. I mean, he he was fourth in this thing in a three way race. Right. <laughs> he right. was fourth. He couldn't get past Marco Rubio. It's almost as though he was in it him. just because Ted Cruz it's, was still in it, and he wanted to stop Ted Cruz. It's it, almost, almost as if that were to. Yeah, it really be the is. Case. Yeah. Huh. So now Phil Robertson. Duck Dynasty's Phil Robertson. This is a guy who was with us in Iowa. We can't when we were campaigning for Ted Cruz. Are you kidding me? Uh, he is now on the Trump train. He's now on the Trump train. Steve Ducey asked Robertson uh, how his political stance has changed since he uh, he wanted Ted Cruz. Um, 
He said, I was forced into the Trump train, but I'm happily volunteering my services for Mr. Trump, mainly because the Republican Party has spoken. Uh, they, the people, have said we want Mr. Trump, so Mr. Cruz goes down. I love him, but now I'm on the Trump train, and I'll do everything I can to stop to help him. We have to be loyal to the party. Why? What the hell is that? I Why? Don't understand that. What do you mean we have? Why? Why? Why do we have to be loyal to the party when it doesn't? You know, and here's a guy who's all about Christian values and principles. And when he gets up on stage, he sounds like a pastor. He right. sounds like a minister. He's right. He's all about Christian virtues and principles. And the farthest thing, farthest thing from, from Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Farthest thing, farthest thing right now from the Republican Party. Republican Party has none of that. They don't represent any of it. So why would you be loyal to something? That you have nothing in common with. Doesn't. Uh, it I don't. I can't. Makes sense. This is the weirdest thing I have ever seen in my life, and I. Because they've bought it, They've not only bought into the be be loyal to the party, but I mean they've bought into the um, look. We have to all come together, and uh, if no, we don't. If Donald Trump uh, isn't elected, and Hillary is, or Bernie Sanders, or whatever fight, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in that stupid party. Uh, then it's our, it's our fault. Now it's your fault. I'm going to no. give you an analogy, not a comparison. So don't start. Well, you're comparing Donald Trump to the Nazis. <laughs> no, this is an analogy. It's not a comparison. In 1938 and 39. Uh, Right-thinking Germans were, I'm sure, asked to unite with the with the National Socialists. They're like, "Hey, come on, you got to get on board here. This is all about the country. This is about a movement where we're all about uh, taking Germany forward in, in, into the into the Third Reich and uh, the next millennium. And this is going to be great. And we need you on board. Right? Should they have gotten on board just for the sake of the party?" I don't think so. And, and, I don't think so. When I, you do, when it doesn't share your values, why would you? In hindsight, you would say no. You would say no. And since we do have, I don't know, history to look at, right? You may think that some people should look at history and say you would think so. But they you don't. Know, that's almost like what's happening now. We probably shouldn't yeah. do that. I know, but they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't pay it no mind. No, as Phil Robertson might say. <laughs> now, way over there in the Democratic Party. Yeah, the Dems uh, are fearing a Sanders revolt could upend the Democratic uh, uh, convention, and they might be right. They might be. Well, he says he's going to the last vote is counted. So this, you know, it could get ugly for the Democrats. It's over for the Republicans. You know, nobody's going to be there disputing the the Trump nomination. But the Democrats in Philadelphia, this could be 1968. They're saying all over again. And they're all saying, I mean, Senator Boxer, who is wonderful. I mean, you oh, know, I love great? Barb. She's great. Uh, she uh, says she's never seen anything quite like this before, which I find hard to believe since she's 800 years old. Mm-hmm. So you know that she's seen all every convention ever held. <laughs> right. So right. We've, we've, we've told you about some of the conventions that have happened in the past. And we should have actually got some quotes from Barbara since she was at every one. But I apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> 
Uh, loud cursing, shouting, obscene gestures, oh, violent no. insults, including crude comments about oh, female no. anatomy, is all on display over the weekend. Uh, yeah, they were pissed. Sanders supporters uh, turned the Nevada State Democratic Convention into chaos. So they're afraid that's going to happen again. And these, you know, keep in mind, a lot of them are socialists. Some of them don't know what the hell they are. They don't right. know what they're talking no, they about don't. here. They, they don't. don't know who Bernie is. They don't know anything about it. They just like him because he's different and yep. he's the hip new thing. And you know, we, Hillary but is others just are socialists. Bad. Hillary is just bad, and Bernie wants to give him more stuff than Hillary wants to give him. Right, right. That's so. what it's about for Yay. many of them. But the, We're there's for you. there's dangerous socialists too in this mix. Uh, so. It's. Uh, I'd say that's definitely a concern. Oh, they're stirring up the pot. Big oh, time. yeah. No question. Yeah. And uh, look, the more it appears that Bernie gets the shaft, when you talk about, uh, you know, Donald J. yapping that the system is rigged and was against him, I mean, Bernie's got a pretty good point on some of it where he can stir up the pot because, you know, there there does seem to be, look, Bernie wins, 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 and he's still... Behind. Behind, behind, behind. Yeah. Because this, of the system that he was a part of setting up, by the way. Yeah. The super, dele- super delegate thing is uh, weird. <laughs> That's really weird and bizarre. They've got an issue there. Uh, so, you know, who knows what's, what's coming? Uh, who knows what's in our future? The thing is, get prepared. Start your short-term emergency food supply today. And the way you can do it is with our friends at My Patriot Supply because they brought back their best offer ever. This is awesome. Uh, it's so good. We call it the stupid good deal. That's how good it is. You can get a 72-hour emergency food supply right now for 10 bucks. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three days for $10 and, per person. And you know how you feel when you say, you know, I need to do that. I probably should do that. And then you, you forget. To take care of the family, and then a big storm comes, and there's power outages, and you're concerned, and you're like, "Oh crap! What if I'm out of power?" This right here, I'm telling you, was one of the best, most relaxing things I've ever done. The first time yeah. I ordered this, yeah, it's almost like, okay, well, at least I'm, I've got enough for a few days. It's like ordering peace of mind. It is. It's exactly like ordering peace of mind. And $10 guarantees you can eat for 72 hours in any eventuality. So call them right now while you're thinking about it. 888-411-6844. Or just go online and go to preparewiththeblaze.com. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent. And they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this uh, this company... He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond and they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a thousand agents across the country and they are people that listen to the show. And so when you go through real estate agents, I trust it's sent to somebody who already you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is real estate agents. I trust dot com. Ba-ba-ba! 
Highest patent stew without the stew part. Uh, so Jeffy Yay. Uh, is uh, sitting in the big chair. To, well, it's actually a smaller chair than Stu normally sits in. Uh, shorter. 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 Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we had uh, just a, an awful tragedy happened. Was that just this morning or last night sometime? Yes. Got some, got some images of it now to... Uh, that claim to show debris from the doomed Egypt airplane that well, crashed into the, the Mediterranean. Uh, 66 people were on board, and experts are saying it's almost certainly a terrorist attack. Pictures emerged as search vessels reported seeing large object, objects floating in the sea around 230 miles south of the Greek island of Crete and uh, Carpathos. Flight wow. MS-804 was traveling from Paris to Cairo when it vanished from radar 10 miles into Egyptian airspace uh, without making a distress call. So something happened quickly, apparently. Uh, Greek yeah. defense minister said the Airbus A320 made sudden swerves in midair, lurching 90 degrees to the left, 360 to the right, uh, and then it just dropped th- from 37,000 feet to 15,000 before the signal was lost. At around 10,000. Wow. Revelation oh. came as security experts, ministers, and former air accident investigators said all the evidence currently points to the plane being targeted in a terrorist attack. So it, they boarded in Paris and they were on the way to Cairo, yes. right? So this would have been French uh, security that would have missed something, maybe. Yeah, well, if, if it happened on the plane, if they weren't attacked from the ground. Is that which I don't do know, or think? another aircraft? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I have no idea. I'm just, yeah, uh, you know, we've had so there's so many, uh, whatever it is, it's bad. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. And we're complaining. We're still complaining in this country about how security is worsening. The waits at the air at the airports are longer than ever. Is it Chicago's O'Hare? They're telling you to be there three hours ahead of time. Yeah, and, and we, uh, yes, and we've, mm-hmm. they've already come out. I mean, TSA has come out and said how they're they're trying to streamline it. American Airlines said today they're gonna they're gonna start ad- helping them out. They're giving like four million to private stuff to help the TSA out ease the lines. Now maybe they're doing that just at the American gates. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but I. I don't. It doesn't seem that the security measures they take here do anything. I, I just don't. I mean, it's other than like aggravate shoot, most yeah, of just, the passengers. They piss us off. That's all they do. They just piss us off. And then we're supposed to uh, keep that in because we're aggravated. But heaven forbid we say anything to, about being aggravated to anyone at the airport. Because mm-hmm. then they could say, "Oh well, we can just take your ticket away, and you won't be able to fly where you want to fly." Well, you know the airport's sacred, right? You can't say anything there at the secret, sacred place of the airport. Um, it's, it's turned into that. I know it has. I know. So we just have to grin and bear it, apparently. I, you know, this comes at a time, too, when there are those who are saying we go back to the old way. We just do that again. And I'm all about that. <laughs> and all about going back to the old way. But uh, it won't happen now after this, I'm, I'm guessing. I know. It will not happen after this. Uh, also, according to the Washington Free Beacon, government industry studying the threat of nuclear EMP attacks on the electric grid. This is, you know, a frightening possibility. One of the most frightening possibilities there, there are. Uh, maybe the most frightening possibility. Right. <clears throat> I mean, because nuclear, nuclear war, you have, 
you have the mutual destruction thing. So that prevents everybody from doing anything, from striking first, because if the Russians, say, struck first at us, we'll respond. An EMP stops any response you could possibly give. Right. You're just done. So a first strike EMP kills us. There's nothing you can do. And because we have not protected our infrastructure against it. And they, for whatever reason, we can't seem to get them to do it. And it's not that expensive. I don't care how expensive it is, quite honestly. Me neither. I don't care if it costs a trillion dollars, we ought to do it. But they're saying between 10... I'm willing to drive over a couple of potholes in the interstate. Yes. Yes. uh, And have that. Yeah. And have us protected. They're saying between 2 and 10 billion. Let's say it's 100... Let's say it's 10 times that much. So? So... To have the peace of mind so. that our infrastructure is protected and we can get back up and running and prevent any further, like, I mean, let's say somebody hits us with an EMP. You think that's the end of it? Or would there be a military force uh, following up? Afterward? Uh, afterward, Something yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh-huh. When all our systems are down, when there's nothing we can do, when we've got no air force, and that's when not we have the time no missiles. to do anything, right? When people can't do anything, you don't keep attacking. <laughs> you just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. And you know? even if nothing else happened, within a year, they say 90% of us are dead. Oh, my gosh. They, uh, yeah. 90%. How much? Food, water. Uh, yeah, you get any no kind water, of, no Any kind of anymore. weather protection. Right. Uh, from the elements, element protection, whether cold, hot wet whatever medical right the medical oh drugs we take gone medical and all the people that you think are in the hospital for routine things they're gone have a nice day you're done I mean, it's bad really really bad bad emp is maybe the most frightening possibility out there i i, I think it definitely is and most of the cars uh, you're not traveling anywhere most yeah. of the cars are shut down the only no, people that are traveling all cars. are the unless they pre, they're the old solenoid ones yeah, right the pre Without the electronic electronic ignition, maybe two thousand and one. I thought it was seventy eight before. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah, I thought it was seventy eight before. But you're right. It is the electronic right. uh, The electronic ignition. So, uh, American power companies right now are studying ways to protect electric grids. Finally, against the high altitude nuclear blast and other directed energy attacks, Uh, because they would, you know, it shut us down almost completely. Uh, Scott Aronson, who's a managing director for cyber and infrastructure security at Edison Electric, stated in testimony that a consortium of U.S. electric companies is working with the Energy Department to study how to protect power grids from a nuclear blast electromagnetic pulse uh, or solar flares that could damage transformers and other electric components. said there are a lot of threats to the grid from squirrels (laughs) to nation states. Uh, and frankly, there have been more blackouts as a result of squirrels gnawing on wire installation than there have been from nation states. Yeah, well, yeah no, so far. That, that's true. Uh, so far. Yeah, that's true, uh, Mr. Anders Aronson. Uh, but those squirrels, uh, when the squirrel gnaws through that line and 30,000 homes are without power, we send uh, a few trucks and those homes have power back on again. Right. An EMP, not so much. Yeah, not so much. You're not back up and running. Not so much. Probably uh, ever. Yeah. As a matter of fact, then the squirrels are like, well, we don't even feel anything when we're not in those wires. Why are we doing that? We'll go somewhere else. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, come th- on. This is something we have to do. That have is to get just done. stupid. 
Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents still coming up. Oh, squirrels are gnawing through more than nation states have attacked us. I mean, he's really, he's sorry. thing is, uh, while the rest of the world is falling apart, <clears throat> our uh, school system is great. Our, yes. Our schools are doing really well. Yes. Really, really well. You oh, know, I, I, I was talking about my uh, son-in-law. Uh, I, was this on radio or was it on Pat and Stew? Uh, it was the day after. Uh, it was so about almost two weeks ago. It was in the, a week and a half ago. Right after uh, Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was the Mother's Day dinner. Mother's yeah, Day yeah, yeah. dinner discussion yeah. that kind of got ugly. You guys, yeah, well, I mean, you guys were just having a just having a pleasant little talk. That's all it was. Well, my son-in-law is going to school again. While he, he also has a job, but he's going to school. And it is there that they're filling his head with all this nonsense. I mean, just, you know... Uh, that Is people don't know what kind of food they're eating and all that kind Is of stuff. Is your son-in-law 10? Nobody's vulnerable to that stuff anyway. And so uh, uh, I am about to declare uh, a, an understanding summit to take place at, at our home. Where, I want him, <laughs> where, where he and my daughter are going to be invited over. That is great. And we're going to explain the facts of life to him. So it'll be good. Because... They don't have a chance in school. They don't have a chance. These are little indoctrination chambers. And they go in and we we build up the teacher. Listen to your teacher. Do really good at school. Right. They're the authority. So, so by gosh, we they go in there that, and they believe them. We had that drilled into us. Yes, we did. Forever. And then we drill it into our kids. And then they go and they listen and they just soak it all up. And so they believe it. So... That's one of the reasons it's so important to find out what's going on in your school and find out what your kids are learning because it could be something completely the opposite of what you want them to to hear. Um, Easily. And then there's the other thing about this, you know, the the level two look-alike firearm stuff and all that nonsense. You've, you've got that going on at the same time. And there's a kindergartner, kindergartner. Five brought, uh, Yeah, he's five years old. He was suspended from kindergarten Monday for bringing a gun to Southeast Elementary School. And this not only this is how bad it is, Pat. It's not a boy. <laughs> she, it's a girl. It's a girl. A girl brought right. a gun. If it was a boy, maybe I'd understand it. Now you but might be thinking, okay, what oh. was it? A three fifty seven Magnum? Something maybe a little bit smaller? A Glock? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. It was a uh, bubble blowing gun. Oh my gosh. A bubble-blowing gun. That's what she brought right there. That! Right there! That dangerous weapon right there. Can you believe It says bubbles on it. Still, though. <laughs> it's still, though. It looks scary, doesn't it? Still it's plastic. Though. And still, if one of those bubbles, bubbles shoots out too fast... What if it ha- hit you right, right in the eye? Right, that's what I'm saying. Your eye would get wet. And you know what happens then. <laughs> yes. You have to dry it. And then you move on. 
<laughs> I mean, how pissed off would you be if, if this was your kid? Well, okay. I'd be let's, pissed. Let's, now, the mom was... All right, we'll, we'll talk about... We'll set up the mom, because she said that she was shocked yes. when she got the call from the school, telling her that she needed to come and pick up her daughter and bring her home. We want her out of this school immediately. Well, look at She brought a bubble gun. Now... In today's world, mm-hmm. let's if, let's set aside the fact that this dangerous weapon was brought to school by a child. All right, all right, and someone could have gotten <laughs> uh, bubbled to death. <laughs> yeah. They could have gotten bubbled right to death, or severely <laughs> bubbled somebody, to where they'd have at least have to, you know, get a towel. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> man. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's, Let's set aside that for just a second. Okay, we're setting that aside. In today's world, mm-hmm. don't you know better than, than to a, let your kid to come to school with a I don't know a bubble a bubble gun? gun? I don't know. I, I yeah, probably, but I, I at kindergarten. I don't know. You say, hey, okay, go ahead, honey. You can't bring or, a cupcake or to school. It could have been in the car, and she just took it with her. Without the mom knowing, that's true. You know, and, 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 uh, now let's move on to the uh, the danger. The, you know, the idea of the little kindergartner bringing the bubble gun to school. Mm-hmm. The school is sticking to their guns. I mean, they say while we hear and understand the parents of this student being concerned about this discipline in light of the student's age and type of item, this suspension is consistent with our district policy as well as how Southeast has handled similar situations throughout this school year. Well, you shouldn't handle them that way. This has involved similar situations where students have brought items such as Nerf guns. Stop it. Who have also received one day suspensions. Now, listen. If you want to, talk, if you're concerned about someone getting bubbled, <laughs> I mean, try being nerfed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, you do not want to be. You nerfed. don't want that. You, you don't, don't want, want none of that. No, you do not. Now look. The mom says if they had contacted me and said, "Now, see, this is common sense, though. This is where I'm going. Where, That's where it's I'm going. Never Why? applied. Common sense is never not applied. Never. once. Never." Never in these situations. If they'd contacted me and said, can you make sure this doesn't happen again? We we just want you to be aware. I, I think that would have been a more appropriate way to handle the situation. Could we have a warning? It blows bubbles. Right. Yes. That's that exactly right. You call the mom and you say, hey, we, we took the bubble gun. Just so you know, we took the bubble uh, gun away from her and she can have it back at the end of we the day. We told her she could have it back at the end of the day. But please don't bring that to school with you anymore. Right. And you're done. And the kid stays in school and you don't have to go through any of and doesn't, this. You don't make the kindergartner feel Stupid. like this. Stupid. They did this Stupid. horrific thing. With a bubble gun. But this is the zero tolerance nonsense. Zero tolerance comes with zero common sense. You can have zero tolerance for guns, for weapons. The bubble gun, you know, doesn't (laughs) apply to that. You just use your effing noodle. That's all you do. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Can we not be normal human beings? I don't think we can. I don't think we can. We really can't. We really can't be normal anymore. I don't think we can because of the why. fact that, um, well, if I say to your kid, uh, little Millie, uh, little Millie, let me have your little bubble gun. Um, boy, I don't know why your mom let you bring that in here, but we can't have these kind of things in, in the school, okay? So I'm going to take it. I'm going to give it back to you at the end of the day. I'm going to call your mom and let her know that That's you, what used to you shouldn't be bringing it to school anymore, okay? That kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So then Bobby 
whose brother got kicked out yesterday for bringing his Nerf gun. Well, you don't you don't kick him out for the Nerf gun either. You do the same thing with the Nerf gun. Now, when Bobby brings his Glock to kindergarten, That's you say, Bobby, yeah, I'm going to take that from you, and we're going to call the police. Okay? <laughs> we're going to call your parents, we're going to call your police, and we're just going to beat you. <laughs> we're going to beat you with we're sticks beat you right silly. now. Okay? You should have known better. <laughs> That's just... It's insanity. It's like, you know, and we see this over and over. I, I've mentioned this before. When when I was in Houston, we had a local story. Some kid helped his, his grandparents or parents or somebody oh, right, move. the moving thing. Yeah, and, and a butter knife fell out of one of the boxes and was in the back of his pickup truck. Woo! A Woo! butter knife! What were you gonna, you're going to butter the walls? What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> he could have buttered a lot of people with that knife. He went on a butter knife rampage. <laughs> he buttered the halls, he buttered classrooms, and he buttered 17 children before we finally got him under control. Finally, prior to his arrest, three cars were buttered. <laughs> so anyway, uh, one of the, you know, uh, one of the the school cops, and they do, they have district school right, police right, 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 in Houston. Right. I think they do here, too. I think, yeah, I think most of the Metroplex sees Sees in the back of his truck knows it's a butter knife he's and plus and it's not in the school it's in his truck school property and so it's on school property and so the kid's suspended for like and, and he winds up at a school he's at an alternative school because of a butter knife that fell out of a box in the back of it. now can we not use our heads a little bit and say to the kid all right we found the butter knife why do you have a butter knife who are you were you gonna butter the halls were you gonna butter up the classroom no, I was moving over the weekend. It must have fallen out, but I won't ever do that again. Sorry. Okay, let's move on. I, but they don't. They won't do it. They won't apply any common sense. They won't take it case by case. They won't. They just do this sweeping rule, and anything that looks like a firearm or looks like a knife or might be a knife, but it's be not one that can hurt as anybody. A weapon. Yeah. yeah. It just—it's ridiculous. It is kind of—it is maddening. I mean, it really is. I—I I, don't—and and what what has happened with that then is that we give the kids—they lose the opportunity to make those choices that are the smart ones, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you tell this kid, look, um, that's wrong. It's—I know it's a butter knife. I know it's a butter knife, but it still could be interpreted as a weapon. I'm going to confiscate it. We're going to take your butter knife. We're taking your butter knife, and we won't have. We will not have. <laughs> we'll give it one person buttered with right. that knife, pal. Not one. And we may. <laughs> we'll think about giving it back. Maybe. Maybe at the end of the day, Maybe. as we watch you leave the premises Maybe. with it, with Maybe. with our guns yeah, we'll trained es- on you, just in yeah, case, we'll escort you out with dots from our from our weapons. <laughs> and then you. tomorrow, when you come back with your truck, we're going to search and make sure the butter knife's not in. I mean, I'm okay with even that. It just, you just use your head a little bit. I, I don't understand why we can't do that anymore. But we're doing everything we can to destroy ourselves right now, including uh, a North Carolina school board just voted to stop naming valedictorians. Why? Well, because oh, it's, un- it's unhealthy. And yep. it's, it makes other people feel bad. We can't have that. You can't have that. See, I wasn't the valedictorian of my high school, and that's why I've turned out the way I have. Um, were you valedictorian, Jeffy? <laughs> <laughs> the appropriate response. 
<laughs> so that's why both of us have turned out the way we have. We weren't valedictorians. No, I wasn't. And I tell you what, I was devastated when oh, they named one. Oh man, did not hurt. Even go outside. I I have blocked I it out of my head so much that I can't outside. even tell you who our valedictorian was. Uh, nor did I care even at the time. <laughs> High school valedictorians and salutatorians may no more be in Wake County, oh, North Carolina. Boy. Uh, they're unhealthy for students, those titles. High school principals will be barred from naming valedictorians and salutatorians. Titles that oh, go with no. the two seniors with the highest grade point averages. That starts in 2018. Should the policy be fully implemented in 2019, a system will be put in place that recognizes seniors by Latin titles, such as cum laude, if they have a weighted GPA of 3.75 or higher. We've heard from many, many schools that the competition that has become very unhealthy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, students were not collaborating with each other the way we would like them to. Their their choice of courses was being guided by their GPA and not their future education plans. The new rule will allow students to take courses they're more interested in rather than classes that just serve to boost their Good. GPA. Because we want them to just take the classes that they're more interested in. Actually, in this one, they don't cite uh, students' feelings being hurt. So that's not quite as bad as, you know, it's unhealthy because the other people feel bad if they weren't the valedictorian, too. Uh, you know? I mean, that could be in the unhealthy, though. Yeah, it could be part of the unhealthiness of it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, just, in an age the way where, we're In an age where we've got the United States government saying that we can't call criminals criminals. Oh, jeez. Where we have to, because uh, it looks bad, it sounds bad, and it just, you know, the history, we have to call them, you know, justice-involved individuals. In age, in an age like that, of course we're not, we right. have a valedictorian. And, and what was the pin Glenn was wearing that he found in California yesterday? Oh, yeah, ask me my... Ask me my preferred, my gender-preferred pronoun? Yes. <laughs> How about if I don't? Okay. What if I don't? What if I just, you know, like, Jeffy, I'm just going to call him him. Uh, more patents stew coming up in a minute. How dare you? I know. I know. I'm. If I had, you're lucky I'm not wearing a pin. Because if I was wearing a pin, pal, I'd have to ask. Oh, my. sound you hear in the distance, that's the four horsemen of the apocalypse riding in town, just so you know. Because the, they're somewhere, they're close. You hear them? I can hear them. I the heard distance. something. Uh, here's another one. Here's another one that shows that we are headed toward our doom. <laughs> A woman, I mean, this happened in the Metroplex here, yeah. too, in uh, yeah. uh, Mesquite, Texas, which is part of the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth Metroplex. Matter of fact, unless you're in Houston, everything else is part of the Dallas Metroplex. <laughs> That's about right. It's about that big. Uh, a woman is outraged because she says a man was permitted to use the woman's dressing room at a Ross department store. You know, the Ross. Yeah, this was earlier this week. On yeah. Monday, yeah. Lisa Sickles said she was using the women's dressing room when she suddenly heard a man's voice. She immediately told the store's manager. 
She went inside the dressing room, came right back out, and called me to the side and told me he was representing himself as a woman today. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. I mean, Yeah, I'm, I'm representing myself as a woman today. Oh, okay, well, go ahead and go on in. I mean, that's all it takes? Really? Sickle said the man was in no way dressed as a woman. He had I mean, jeans It doesn't jeans on. matter. It doesn't matter Thank you. what the person was dressed Thank like. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffy. This bitch. Lisa Sickles. Lisa Sickles in her sick, sick mind. Right. Thinking that it had something to do with his appearance or what's actually between his legs. That has nothing to do with it. Am I right? Thank you, because he already told you that he was representing, representing himself, himself as a woman that day. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yes, he had jeans and a T-shirt and five o'clock shadow and a very deep voice. And yes, he was actually a man, but he's representing himself today. Well, he was not a actually a man. He was representing himself as a woman. As a woman, you're right. You're right. I phrased that poorly. Uh, I apologize. A Ross spokesperson reportedly said wow. the company does not discriminate against transgender individuals, but refused to comment on this particular case. Sickle said the incident left her feeling as if uh, her feelings didn't matter. It, it, they don't. They don't. They matter. don't. It's cute that you think they should. They though. don't. Well, she even asked, what about me? Uh, that's what great. about or me? Or my feelings. What about me? Manager told her if she felt uncomfortable in the dressing room with him in there, wait until he's finished. And again, I want to oh repeat, the manager gosh. called this oh person gosh. him. It wasn't a him. Oh, boy. Did she not ask him about his preferred gender pronoun? Thank you. Because <laughs> that, wow, that's egregious. Thank you. I mean, yes, she let him use the women's dressing room, but she didn't use the proper pronoun. I mean, I'm telling you, at these places, I'm kind of digging this new thing. I bet you are. I'm going to dig it because as, as a person who doesn't like to, you know, go out and try on clothes and have to find the dressing uh -huh. room, you just look, there's the closest one, whatever it is. That's, closest one. Yeah, that's what I'm identifying what as today. For. Yeah, you're looking for that the closest one. That one right there, I'm identifying you're as You're not hoping one. to get a peek at somebody. You're just looking for the closest rest, uh, dressing room. Is that right? Is that How right? How dare you? <laughs> are you insinuating? <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. Have you been? Uh, have I offended you and your your tender sensibilities? How dare you? <laughs> Pretty easily, how actually. That's how I dare. Dare you <laughs> think that I would do something like that? Right. When I would just want to yeah. identify as whatever it says on the top of that door to have the or, closest dressing room. You know, I mean, apparently he didn't even say he was identifying as a woman. He's just representing He's himself as a woman. That's even worse. <laughs> right? You're That's not even way. claiming to be transgendered there. Yeah, I'm just representing myself as a woman today so I can check out just, some women. I don't think he was checking out women. I think he was just trying to close. That's what I'm saying. It's the closest dressing room. Okay. All right, you're probably right. You're probably right. Triple eight seven two seven. Back. I mean, we're in serious trouble. <laughs> is that the horseman? Seriously, is yeah. That, Do you hear the that, horseman in the background? That. They're coming. They're coming.
Hello. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. It is uh, patents too, and uh, Jeffy, of course, here for right. Stu. Stu is uh, sick today. Yeah, I think you probably noticed the last few days his voice has been a little off. So uh, today he finally decided can't do it. He wussed out. Yeah, he just flat out wussed on us. Um, So they're saying on this Egypt air flight that they've found wreckage. Uh, I don't. I I haven't seen the proof of that yet, but that's what they. I guess they think they have. Yeah. Uh, 66 people aboard. We'll we'll see. It, it doesn't look good. Very though. sad. No, it doesn't look yeah, good really at all. And it is very sad. And it's, that's just another another fire starter in the Middle East. Yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be pretty. And it's a, it's another indication that we need the right person in charge uh, of the executive branch of the uh, government, and we're not going to have the right person in charge. Uh, no matter who it is, whether it's Hillary or Trump, it's not going to be the right person, which is disheartening to me. Right. Or. Or. Yes. Or. Or. What? Well, A, we've talked to a couple of libertarian people. <laughs> yes, we, and we, we have talked to a couple out, of libertarians. left out Bernie Sanders. I did leave out Bernie Sanders. You I left, left out, out John Johnson McAfee. And John McAfee. <laughs> we talked to John McAfee today, who's a libertarian candidate. Uh, he's looking for the Libertarian nomination, and uh, an interesting guy. He's the guy who created the McAfee software. Fascinating guy. Went to Belize and lived in Belize. And, and I say fascinating as in I'd like to sit down and, you know, talk to him, but I don't know that I'd want to hang out No, with I wouldn't want to hang out with the guy. No. Mm-mm. Uh, but he's interesting in that he's suspected or a person of interest in a murder. His next-door neighbor was executed. After his dogs had uh, been poisoned and killed. After McAfee's dogs McAfee's. had been poisoned yeah. and killed. And so apparently the neighbor was telling people around town that he was going to poison his dogs because they barked all the time. Sure enough, they turned up poisoned, and then within 48 hours, he turns up dead. I'll teach him to kill a couple of dogs. So people suspect that either McAfee did it or he had his bodyguards do it. Yeah. Um, McAfee had a better explanation for it when we talked to him on the on the radio. He today. did. I don't know. That, I mean, he sold you and Glenn. I don't know he that sold I me. bought it. I, I, I bought it. I bought that that uh, it's the Belizean government. Uh, apparently, he's got he has audio. Of them yeah, threatening well, I'm his life. To listen to that, and so am I. I've not, I've not listened. I printed out the article, and we read the. He claimed that he had, the audio was in that Business Insider article, although mm-hmm. I did not see where that audio was inside that article. So, oh, oh, really? We'll see. Okay, well, we'll keep it's looking for that because we'd like to play it on tomorrow's radio show if it if it exists. Yes, I mean I'm sure it exists. It just I don't know that yeah. I saw where those links were. He referred to in okay. the Business Insider article. Well, if it exists, I'm sure we can find it. But the other thing about McAfee is uh, not he would not be the guy. Uh, open borders libertarian. I know that one pushed you over the edge. Oh, I mean, I'm done. That's that. That's a deal breaker right there. Sorry, no, <laughs> no, that uh, that doesn't work. I mean, what do you what do you that want a wall? Work. Well, sure, or a fence. I'd take a fence. I'd take the double fence. You know, with the with the Border Patrol road down the middle that we've talked about for 15 years now and was supposed to be mandatory because there was, I don't know, what's it called? A law that was passed about it. So it's done. It's no, it's, it's not done. But it is 5% done, which Barack Obama said was mostly done. 
<laughs> like Miracle Max is mostly uh, he's dead. Freaking guys, man. Ah, oh, it's the worst. And so, anyway, we're up a creek without a paddle. But um, here is something fascinating from last night's uh, Glenn TV show. Uh, Anderson Cooper, who was here a couple of days ago, I really liked would, him. Would have liked to have spent a lot more time with him. Could spend uh, all day with him. Yeah, he, he was great really, guy. Now he was fascinating. To yeah, go to was. change my wording for for McAfee. McAfee is interesting enough to you know maybe talk to for a little while. Anderson Cooper, fascinating man. Wouldn't mind hanging out with him. I either. could for a lot more than we did. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. So uh, here's a look at uh, at Anderson Cooper on some of his early tragedies. You and I have known each other since I worked at CNN a yeah. million years ago. <laughs> and um, I've always been fascinated by your life um, and who you are because I think you're one of the only real, true, honest journalists out oh. there. You have a, uh, a probing mind and you come at things, at least you always did with me, mm. and I see it on your show and I've seen you do it with the debate. You seem to actually want the answers mm. to things, um, and I've always wondered where that came from. And your your story that you told me when we were sitting in a makeup room about you asked me what I did for the weekend, and I said I I don't know I was raking leaves or something, and you said oh yeah well I I don't even know where it was off the coast of Africa, Cape Town, yeah, yeah, diving I went diving with gray white sharks, yeah, for the weekend. Yes, I was shooting a story for six minutes. Yeah, um, but you, but you also, you have gone in. You're the first to volunteer to go in to look for Ebola. You know, I, I like. Um, I don't know. I've. I've I believe it's uh, to me. There's nothing more important or, or than bearing witness to things that are happening, particularly people who are, you know, trying to live good and decent lives and find themselves caught up in circumstances not of their making and and. I don't know, or but that's not all it is, is it? There's a survival thing. Well, yeah, survival. We were sitting in my office in New York one time. Just we had lunch or something, mm-hmm. and we sat in my office, and um, and you looked out to the skyline, and you said to me, "Wow, you don't want to be in that building if we ever go to war," or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What?" I mean, that's even yeah, that's I more conspiracy that. than me, <laughs> and, and or at least I thought. And you were just talking about you had just been in Bosnia or whatever, right. and so you were just relating to war zones. Yeah, I'm a catastrophist. I tend to expect yeah. the worst to happen, so and I want to prepare for it. So I, uh, my mom is a huge optimist. I'm I, I don't like pessimists because pessimists sound so negative. Yeah. So um, I want. I, what do you I, call I, it a catastrophist? Catastrophist. It sounds new and exciting yeah, to me. Yeah, it does. Right. Um, and I just I expect you know, that tragedy to occur, and I just want to be ready for it. And if something good happens, then all the better, and then I'm pleasantly surprised and, and things are good. But if something bad happens, it doesn't throw me for a loop, and I can continue to function. So the reason why I wanted to start there is because I think that's critical to understanding you, mm-hmm. and um, you are now starting to explore your life prior to 10. Right. Um, tell me what happened at 10. Yeah, at 10 my dad died, and uh, he died, uh, he was 50 years old, and uh, his name was Wyatt Cooper, and, and I, I've always sort of divided you time. 50 yet? Uh, 48. 
Uh, I'll be 49 in June, and I've always thought I'll be dead at 50. Me too. Yeah. My mother died in her 40s, and right. when I hit 40, I thought, I'm dead. Yeah. No, I've, I've my entire life plan has yeah. been I think my life will end at 50, and so I want to squeeze in as much as possible. But even as a kid, I always divided my life between, for me, there was like AD and, and BC was age 10. It was like, you know, a Pol Pot like made the new year zero when he took over in <laughs> Cambodia. For me, age 10 became the new year zero because not a lot of people there was, compare their life to Pol Pot. <laughs> you know, in no other ways is my okay, life comparable, all right, good, thankfully. All right. All right. Um, but, uh, but, but I, I do, you know, for me, there was, the, there was before when my dad was alive and, and after when my dad wasn't. And I became a very different person when my dad died. Um, there's a writer, Mary, uh, Mary Gordon, uh, who writes about fatherless girls, but I think it applies for boys as well, that yeah. a fatherless girl thinks all things possible and nothing is safe. And I think I've, that, for me, feels very real as well, that when you lose a parent early on, nothing ever feels safe again, um, but suddenly everything seems possible. For but you also for had another tragedy happen right around the same time. Uh, my, well, about uh, 10 years later, when I was oh, 21, so. I uh, my brother killed himself. Um, so those were sort of the twin tragedies of my growing up and sort of the bookends of my childhood, I guess. How old were you when your brother? I was 21. 21. He was 23. Um, and, and he killed himself in front of my mother. So um, he jumped off the balcony of, of our apartment building in New York. Um, and Why did he do that? You know, that... that uh, why did he do it in front of your mom? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm not avoiding it. I uh, literally do not know, and nor does my mom. And that's one of the things that you know. That the, the thing about suicide is you're left asking that question: Why? Right. And often there isn't any why. And right. for me, a lot of the work I did early on was not only about kind of interested in figuring out how to survive and how people survive, but also about learning how to live in a world where there isn't any why. Correct. Where some things don't have an answer. Correct. Um, but you know, I mean, I. Clearly, there was some depression involved, and he'd broken up with a girlfriend, and he, for me, it became very important after his death to figure out how are we different, because I knew we were very much the same, you know, we grew up in the same house, we're brothers, two years apart, um, and it became important for me to kind of realize how I was, what I did differently, uh, or was doing differently, that enabled me to survive. You told me one time that when... Your father died, mm. and then with your brother, and your mother was uh, spending money like water. Uh, she was the last of really American royalty, the Vanderbilt fortune. And you realized, I I'm, I'm the only one, I'm going to have to survive on my own, yeah. and I'm going to have to bring her along. Yeah, I, really, I knew that at 10 or 11. Yeah, you told me... Mm at one point that you felt more of like her guardian yeah then then she was your mother you uh, were that's taking care true. of her yeah yeah I, I always viewed my mom as like an emissary from a distant star that had <laughs> like she'd landed here and her spaceship had been destroyed and she was stranded here or the star had burned out like like superman you know would come here and you know, his planet was destroyed, I guess. So that's how I viewed my mom. As how did you frame that before you had this conversation with your mom? How did you frame that she was... Literally, how did you explain she was, it? She was from a different planet or a different time, really from a different time, um, and that time no longer exists. And she is stranded here, and it's my job to help her, like, learn how to breathe oxygen and figure out how to get along in this world. 
And so I've always thought that from the time I was, you know, 10 or 11 when my dad died. And so, because I thought it was his job when he was alive, and then when he wasn't, it fell to me. And so I, you know, I knew from the beginning, like, well, I'm going to have to earn money, and I'm going to have to work really hard, and I'm going to have to figure out, you know, find my own way, and that's just the way it is. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I feel lucky. I'm glad I've had that realization. I'm glad I had that sort of the ability to uh, to move through that and to continue, you know, to succeed. That's why that. you're, yeah, that's why you're successful. I mean, I remember my mom once, and it's in the book, once I heard her when I was like 13 on the phone talking to somebody, and she was saying, well, I'll always be able to make money. And I literally stopped in my tracks, and I was like, we are doomed. This is, <laughs> the ship is going down. Like, if, you, if that's your attitude, like... She's this great optimist who believes great opportunities are right around the corner. I believe, you know, the skills are finite. You know, in Sarajevo during the war in Bosnia, you know, people who had tremendous skills, there were teachers, whatever, during the war they had no marketable skills. It was the guy who could wire two pieces of wire together and bring electricity to the block. They were the king. The person who previously had been the king, who was a teacher or whatever, was selling their old jewelry and underwear in the marketplace and uh and that, that would be me that would be me yeah. that absolutely would be yeah. me and and i i mean i've taken i've learned from that did she did, did you ever have to take care of her financially did she was yeah, she i mean was her there have been ups and downs I mean, she's been taken advantage of by people she had a, a a lawyer who teamed up with her psychiatrist to defraud her of you know millions of dollars and stuff and so um, you know, there's definitely look. I'm, Ups I'm, and downs, but but her optimism paid was fairly true. Yeah, yeah. For her, I mean, she yeah. she she has the thing that we have in common that I learned is that we both have this drive and determination to survive and to succeed and to uh, and not even I'm not talking about financially succeed. I just mean to to continue on no matter what happens. And so you know, my brother killed himself in front of my mom. There were many people who would have been laid low by that forever and never recovered from that. And yet my mom is able to, to, to move, you know, persevere. And she doesn't, what I, what I like, what I love about her is that she's not a, you know, there's a term survivor and she's a survivor, but she has none of the toughness that that term usually implies. She's not, there's nothing tough about her. She's strong, but she has, she's the most vulnerable person I know. And so she has chosen to remain vulnerable. And I think that's a really interesting choice to me. I was trying to find out exactly what happened to uh, Anderson Cooper's brother. <laughs> oh, and you haven't been Because it was such yet? sad news. It won't yeah, open geez, up I didn't, I didn't know he killed himself in front of his I mom. No. Wow. He's had a, he, again, he's had a fascinating life. Uh, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Uh, the Organization of 51 Muslim States has blocked gays from UN AIDS meeting uh, coming up. The organization... Is uncooperative when it comes to interacting with gays and transgender. Uh, that's why I love it when uh, 
you know, some of these bands <clears throat> that are upset with North Carolina and Mississippi and their bathroom laws. Uh, just got back from like an Egyptian tour, <laughs> like tour Egypt, right. or they've been to the UAE or whatever, and they've performed without any problem. Uh, they're killing homosexuals. That's it, though. You morons. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It sure is. Egypt wrote to the president of the UN, uh, the UN's 193-member General Assembly on behalf of the OIC, which at 51 states, world's largest Muslim entity, to object to the attendance of 11 gay and transgender groups at a high-level meeting uh, that they're going to have on ending AIDS. The letter didn't state a reason for the objection. We're guessing it has something to do with the Islamic part of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. And, of course, Samantha Power, U.S. <laughs> Ambassador of the United Nations, uh, who wrote to the General Assembly president, uh, to say that the groups appeared to have been blocked for their involvement in lesbian gay, bisexual, and transgender advocacy. Mm. Uh, so that prompted a protest uh, by some of the other members, like the United States and the EU and Canada, which, of course, not Islamic states. Uh, given that transgender people are 49 times more likely to be living with HIV than the general population, 49 times wow. more likely. That's a big number. Um, their exclusion from the high-level meeting wow. will only impede global progress in combating uh, the HIV-AIDS pandemic. The movement to block the participation uh, on spurious or hidden grounds is becoming epidemic and severely damages the credibility of the UN. Well, I, I mean, please, a lot of... The UN has severely damaged the credibility of the UN. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'd like to know what credibility the yeah, UN actually has. None, as far as I'm concerned, and can tell. Uh, there's like no credibility of the UN. What? Seriously, it, I, I wish somebody could help me out with this. Name the thing the UN has made better. AIDS. No, <clears throat> they haven't. Uh, starvation. No. Um, mm, try again. Uh, uh, water, H2O, drinking. What have they done with that? Oh, they've made it better. In what way? They've reached more people, so people uh, no. don't uh, dehydrate and die. <laughs> no, they really haven't. Uh, peacekeeping efforts? Have they been really successful keeping the peace on the planet? Yes. No. I mean, there's white helmets everywhere. No. No, the powder blue helmets, I think, is, is what is that, they use. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> they're, the power to, they're the powder blue guys running from every skirmish that happens in an area over which... They're the ones that are around the tent of the medical doctors. <laughs> so bad. I mean, the UN is a, a joke. It's a joke. Right. I mean, who t I'm, I'm really I'm hard-pressed. I know we hear stories all the time about... The United Nations and the World Health Organization and the UN and who's the Dingleberry Kofi, right? He's Kofi Annan. Kofi Annan. Yeah, he's, he's gone now. But no, well, who, I'm not, no, who's the head guy of the UN? What's his? Not uh, Kofi, but the, the current one is. Um, let's see. There was Kofi, and then Kate, there was, it was uh, Butrus Butrus Gali, no, and then there was. There was Bunke uh, or whatever, Bunke or whatever. Oh yeah, it's Bunky Moon. Bunky Moon. Yeah, Bunky Moon. Is he the head guy? I think anyway, it's Bunky Moon. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because he's always making the case of how great they are and what the wonderful things they're doing. I don't see it. No, nobody does. Well, I the UN does. The UN sees it. I mean, it, it, it's why pathetic. are we allowing it to happen? I don't know. Why and we're the only ones who pay dues. Uh, we're we're the ones who house them. 
We're the ones who give them all the diplomatic immunity when they're here. I mean, it's so worthless, and it costs us money, and I just say stop it. Yes. Just stop it. But I think won't. that I think that would be wonderful. Although now you know that if um, the one of the people running for president of the United States that could possibly win Donald J. Trump were to win, uh, there's no way he gets rid of that because that's a oh, new, no. that's an iconic New York thing. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean he, that's a he has no idea whether the UN is good or bad or indifferent. He doesn't know anything. No, about and, and it. he doesn't care. He just knows that he it's an care. iconic yeah, new, New York. It's thing. It's a New York staple, and he'll he likes that. I'm sure. And oh he's fine my gosh, with that. Yes. World with all those world leaders that he thinks are so great. He might not. He might not like the traffic in New York when the General Assembly is in town, uh, which gums things up on that side of town every single time. Uh, he hated that. Uh, so that's one of the reasons it's nice to be out of the U.N. or out of New York. Out of New York, yeah. Because of the U.N. Well, that did screw things up bad, too. Uh did, yes. Oh, that and presidential visits by Barack Obama uh, messed things up <laughs> badly. Uh, and Obama always seemed to have a fundraiser in midtown Manhattan, where we were, too. Yes, he did. And so they'd close off. They'd completely shut was, down. Much, almost damn near shut the island down. A six-block area. Yeah, it it's felt like, like they shut the island down. He's in one him. place. Yeah. Why do we close everything? <laughs> Let me go home. Nope, you can't move, sir. You can't get down the sidewalk. The motorcade's going to be passing by here in the next eight hours. And he's <laughs> Yes! <laughs> I hated that. Oh, my God. Uh, the following are legal requirements made by New York City's Commission on Human Rights. This is good. This is, this is helpful. Um, this is help very, people, very helpful. It's going to help people live better, mm -hmm. feel better about themselves. Right. The New York City human rights law requires employers, landlords, right. and all businesses. And professionals. And prof that's right, my friend. Mm -hmm. And professionals. To use an employee's tenant's. Customers or clients, would pretty much wraps up anyone, mm -hmm. their preferred name, pronoun, and title, regardless of the individual's sex assigned at birth, their anatomy, mm -hmm. gender, medical history, appearance, or the sex indicated on the individual's identification. That's interesting. You got it? So if a person wants to be called her, and I know for a fact it's a him, he's got a long beard, and he's he's got a man unit in his pants. That's a her. That, and he wants to be called her. I got to call her. him her, or else uh, I can be fined. A lot of money. Most individuals and and many transgender people use female or male pronouns and titles. Some transgender and non-gender conforming people prefer to use pronouns other than he, him, his, or she, her, hers, such as they, them, theirs, or. Z H I R G like Z E or H I R correct Z E and H I R are popular gender free pronouns preferred by some transgender and or gender nonconforming individuals. <laughs> this is so unbelievably ridiculous. <laughs> examples it's of some violations. Like we we got to have some examples. Here's some examples of violations. International or Intentional or repeated refusal to use an individual's preferred name, pronoun, or title. For example, if uh, a person were repeatedly calling a transgender woman him or, or mister after she has made clear which pronoun or title she prefers. 
Don't do that. They've passed a law in New York on this. Covered entities may avoid violations of the NYCHRL by creating a policy of asking everyone what their preferred gender pronoun is so that no individual is singled out for such questions and by updating their systems to allow all individuals to self-identify names and genders. They should not limit the options for identification to male and female only. Um, so man, oh man. ask everyone what their preferred gender pronoun is. <laughs> that, that's the pin that Glenn had on today. We need one of those. Yeah. Ask me what my preferred gender pronoun is. No individual is singled out for such questions because that would be horrifying. Horrifying. I mean, horrifying. That would be just uh, ridiculous if you were to say... Hey, Mr. Gray. I'm Mrs. Gray today. Whoa, Mm -hmm. sorry. Now, if you violate this, so if, like, I walk into a 7-Eleven and and they say, Hey, sir, uh, I am not a sir. I am a Ms. I am a G. I want you to refer to me as, Hey, G. (laughs) Z-E-G. Hey, G. Okay, and if you don't do that, I have you arrested, and you could be fined up to, get this, $125,000. Think of that. You're out of business, right? Most businesses are gone. Yeah. If you're a small business, you're definitely out of business. You're being fined $125,000 for using the wrong pronoun? Is this, it's not America anymore. I mean, that's It is not the United States of America at that point. It's just not. Yeah, I could call you whatever I want. Right. I can call Who you whatever cares? you want. You, you, do I hurt your feelings? Oh, if well. If I don't call you Z? Yeah, it's my business. Get out. I mean, I, I, can't, I, I, I can't believe what we're seeing, and we're seeing it every day. We, it's daily. Every day, it's and daily. it's just getting worse every day. And I know we're going to, you know, it's overwhelmed the system, but I mean, it's daily. That yeah, some, it is. Something it is. happens and you go... No, I mean from Stop. the, from the, uh, you know, the, from the bank taking your money, uh, or the government just the IRS comes in and sees the what do they call it uh, the civil uh, asset, asset forfeiture civil asset for- forfeiture which we've talked about this week to this where you can be fined one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars for using the wrong pronoun. What the hell? You have to set up programs so that everyone in your company. Excuse me. What do we? What do you want to be called? I would like to be called the Devil Fish of Albany. Okay. 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 Hey. Right. So I mean, we're going to make checks out to Devil Fish. Of, we're going to make no. You're going to make the checks out to <laughs> Bill Jones. Okay. You're going to make checks out that's Bill Jones. That's what's up. But Bill Jones, account. who is the Devil Fish of uh, Albany. Devil Fish of All Albany. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. that's that's what I that's what I want to be called. In fact, I want to be called Z Devil Fish of Albany. And, uh, and then also, so when people come to say, hey, I need to uh, pay a bill, yeah, you need to go down the hall to the left to the Devil Fish of Albany's office. <laughs> Shut up. It's so ridiculous. And, you know, this pronoun, the G or H-I-R, don't you pronounce that her? So how do I know if I'm, if you're, if I'm saying her as in H-E-R or her as in H-I-R? How do you know? Is that with an E or an I? <laughs> an I. Okay, I. then. If that's what you want, or a U, if you want. Uh, I'll spell it with a silent Q. I don't, I, I don't care. More Pat and Stu coming up. Yeah.
<laughs> Better be with an I, mister. No, it is. It's a, with an I. It is mister, isn't uh, it? No, I'm G. Oh, no, I'm sorry. G. Gray. Seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu with uh, Jeffy today. Uh, from Mental Floss, here's twenty two things you owned in the nineties that are worth a fortune today. Uh, this is kind of like one of those BuzzFeed lists. I know eighty four songs from the nineties that start with the letter Y. <laughs> if what? you would have met Picasso back in eighteen two A.D., you'd be worth a, a million dollars now because he would have signed your shoes. So stupid. But yet, we, we're always fascinated by that. We are. Uh, and the first one is a Polly Pocket. Uh, I think my daughters had Polly Pockets. A sealed Polly Pocket jewel cases were $600 online. I mean, worth a fortune. Wow. That's, I mean, that's kind of I don't know. a fortune. $600 is not a fortune, no. but uh, I grant you it's more than the Polly Pocket cost in the first place. Yeah, but plus you'd still, I mean, you'd, you'd have that thing in boxed up, <laughs> paying for it to be stored somewhere for more than 600 bucks since then. Yes. Oh, I remember that very well. My daughter's had Polly Pockets. I wonder if I, huh, we should look around for that and sell them online. See? 600 bucks. Pokemon cards? Yeah. Complete first edition card sets? 4600 to $8,700 okay, for the Okay, that's a little closer Pokemon to a cards. fortune. That's a little closer. And the Pokemon cards take up now less room than uh, yeah. the old Polly Pockets. Yes. Yes. I, I wow. never understood the Pokemon thing. I, I did I not either. I don't think we ever got into that. Uh, then there's Pokemon for Nintendo Game Boy, a sealed copy uh, of Pokemon Red sold for four hundred and five dollars earlier this year. So I mean, you don't even get to use it. No, you never use it. It's, it's only four hundred bucks. Who who buys those and then leaves them sealed? Almost nobody, I would think. Right? You get the Game Boy thing, so you can play it. Right. So you unseal it, so you can play it. Right. So if you're geek enough to think that it's going to be worth something, you would buy two. Yeah, you maybe. Want to save one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get a little bit. Does of that. anybody do that? I never. I've never. Have you done that? No. Why would you look at me like that to think that I would do something like that? Matt? I mean, that would be kind of good if you had that foresight. I just it sure would, except that then I have to wait another 40 years with extra Transformers in my house, sitting there collecting dust for years, looking like they're, boy, those are really cool to have. Do you have, trans- are Transformers worth anything now? Uh, well, some of them, yeah, I mean, some of them are. Are yes, they? Yeah. Huh? And my son is really big, and my, my youngest son now has been into them for a long time. Mm. And he's, we've got some that are worth a lot of money and some that are, you know, hope to be and others that may or may not be, mm-hmm. you know, forever. But, you know, my favorite, when I went to, uh, we, I took him to uh, one of the BotCons when they were here in Dallas, in mm-hmm. the big Transformer world. And uh, he's talking to these dealers like, well, that's the Japanese one. Yeah, that one's worth a little bit more because it was used in Japan only. And, uh, <laughs> And I'm like, all right, I'll be over here. You guys are going to talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're worth, uh, you know, someday it'd be nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And is he ever going to sell them, though? No. Am sure. I going to see a dime for them? 
<laughs> you bought them in the first place, right? Hey, I'm not going to say so that. So you kind of should. No, no, move on, Pat. That's, uh, uh, that's long gone. Apparently, the original 1998 Furby uh, recently sold for $700. Wow. Another limited edition toy from uh, 98 went for 405 I think I still have a couple of Furbies. We had, we had Furbies. I know. Yeah. We had Furbies. I think we might. Um, then there was Castlevania, Dracula-based Dracula video game. Uh, I don't remember this. Pretty valuable. Sealed versions of it sell for upwards of 900 Depending on the condition, a 1994 Sega Genesis version of Castlevania, Bloodlines, sold for as much as 750 I know I've got a Sega Genesis machine, though. I know oh, do you really? I know that in one of, in one of the boxes in my, uh, you know, I have a lot of things stored yeah. that should actually if they were to burn. Are say, you like a pack rat? Let's say today stuff? let's say today that I my garage burned. Mhm. Just my garage just burned. Mm-hmm. Let's say that happened. I'd have more space and I wouldn't be worried about anything. <laughs> I mean, I've, we've moved stuff and I, really, I mean, I've we've got stuff. I know there's a Sega machine in there. I know there is. Mm. In what box it's in? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And do I I would rather right now say, I used to have one, than say, I have one, and have the space. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah. can't. Now I'm, it's like, okay, stop. Yeah, I mean, you can't save stuff just in case they're going to one day become valuable, can you? Because then you wind up with a whole garage right. full of crap. Uh, I actually have kept on purpose my original, uh, my parents bought me when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, a Pong game. Nice with the the black box yeah. that sits between you. Yeah, with the, the big, wires the big that go black, the TV. Black yeah, I've seen pictures of those. Yeah, I never used any. Of those uh, yes, so. I definitely did, and uh, played it for hours. I loved <laughs> love Pong. That stupid game. I, so I still have Pong. It's in really good shape. I just can't figure out how to hook it into TVs today because they're too. You know, the technology is yeah. different, and you can't hook it up to anything anymore. Yeah, you got to buy an older TV. Yeah, you either buy an older TV or maybe there's a. I, I don't there's know if you can use an adapter yeah, somewhere, be a program. which would be cool because I would like to hook it up and just play Pong once. Because there's a be couple fun. of games. That, there's a couple of uh, you know apps where you can play the older games that they claim are the older games. And yeah, it's kind of like the same thing, but not really. Not really. Yeah, yeah. It's not really. Yeah. Uh, but those but, older Pong games. But all those, gosh. the Pong. We and, played that stupid Pong was the grandfather of everything, hours, wasn't it? Man. I mean, Pong was. It, that was it. It seems to me the original that video was game. It. I think it, it might have been. And then I think the next one, it seems to me, was Asteroids. Asteroids was pretty good. That and was fun. And then it was Pac Man. And then the floodgates opened up. Uh, and you had Petrus and all that kind of stuff. And. Space invaders, right? Because before that, before Pong, you still—I mean, you were still. Uh, um, uh, what games would you? I mean, you had pool and you had uh, um, the stupid games with the you stupid had the thing. Games you had the with little the ball and you hit the thing and you, the ball goes around. Pool? No. Uh, oh, foosball. Uh, you're talking no. about no. No, no, the, the machines. I don't know. I can't. I don't know what. What is it? About. Yeah, pinball. Oh, pinball. The pinball machines. Those stupid stupid pinball machines. But those Uh, are really the first really games, right? I mean, they they lit up. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I'm talking talking about the first video games that came at home. So you played on the screen. You played them on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. We played that stupid thing for hours. Uh, At number six, there was the 1990 shooting game MUSHA Musha. Which is much coveted, apparently, on eBay. It can sell for five hundred dollars. I've never heard of it. I don't know. Sega stuff. I gotta find my Sega stuff. Yeah, you should. 
Yeah. Super, Mar- Super Mario Brothers for NES. I love Mario Brothers. You can Brothers. play Super Mario Brothers on a Wii uh, these days, of course. Uh, yeah. But some people are still on the lookout for the game's original versions for the Nintendo Entertainment Systems. 960 bucks. That's not, I mean, you know, that's uh, not bad for a Super Mario Brothers that probably cost you 30 bucks back in the day. Super was- Soakers can be, I mean, Super Come Soakers. On. A vintage Super Soaker Monster XL, which has the distinction of being one of the largest water guns wow. ever sold, went for 500 bucks this year. Wow. I loved those things. I did, too. They were fun. You know what else we loved is those darn, when we talk, mentioned it earlier, joking around about the bubble gum. Yeah. The bubble gun. Yeah. But uh, was the Nerf. Uh, man, my neighborhood, the kids, when my oldest son was a little kid, we used to have uh, Nerf bow and arrows and Nerf guns and Nerf. We had Nerf. Mm-hmm. Battles, yeah, we had Nerf in our neighborhoods, too. man. It's fun. Nerf battles, and we we, yeah. we had to stop playing when people were were injured by Nerf. Oh my God, it was, it was people hurt. were it injured was by Nerf. Yeah, no, uh, no, it <laughs> right. didn't happen. Right, my point. Uh, GI Joe action figures, uh, some of them worth up to three thousand dollars for the GI Joe. A used GI Joe mobile command center, three thousand bucks. Now that's some real money. That would be great. I don't have one, but it would be great. No, I don't have one either, but great. that would be great. It wouldn't it be great? Yes, Now, it Transformers would be. action figures are on this, Jeff. You should check into this, because look at this. The 95 Megatron action figures sold for $750. Yeah, the old, those are the older original ones, the metal ones. Uh, uh, a pack with Optimus Prime and Megatron sold yeah. for 1000 bucks. Do you have yeah. anything like that? No, my, actually, to be honest, my wife has been mad at her parents for a long time, because my wife actually had these. My oh, really? wife had these really? in Pennsylvania, and her parents threw them away. Oh, like I did with, you know, we talk about the Power Ranger. Yeah. Uh, my oldest son was really big into the Power Rangers because he was you know, doing karate at the time. Oh, so, I mean, wow. we, I had White Ranger and Green Ranger and Pink Ranger, and they would hook together to make the Zords and yeah. build together. And it was just, we had them all. And I remember selling them at a yard sale. I remember having them all. That sucks. Having them all in a wagon and selling them to some guy. And I know that guy today is like, <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. But we had, I mean, we should have kept them. No question. That's why I can't throw away the Transformers. There's Listen no to this, though. Magic the Gathering cards. I don't know this phenomenon either, but uh, it debuted in 1993. A sealed Alpha starter deck <clears throat> has sold for more than 8700 The Black Lotus Alpha deck card. Uh, one of only 1,100 ever printed, considered the holy grail of magic cards, is worth $27,000. Uh, I have one. $27,000. I have one. If someone would like to send me, I'll tell you what, I'll sell it to you for twenty. <laughs> I wish I had one. No that would kidding. be awesome. The holy grail of magic cards, the Black Lotus Alpha Deck card. Never heard of it, but I mean that's cool. Yu-Gi-Oh cards uh, selling for more than a thousand bucks. Hot Wheels, the toy version of the '67 uh, Camaro, recently sold for five oh nine. A uh, set of twelve RC cards in the original box, eleven hundred to fifteen fifty. Um, Lego sets. Is there anything else that's really I know, that's super? The Lego sets kind of cool. Let me see what the Lego sets. The King's no, this Mountain Fortress set. We might actually have that. That might be something. Like there it is. Oh, that's cool. I think we did. I might have had that, that one, too. That does look right. familiar. We might have had that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, we might have had we that. We put so many of those things together. Here's the two that are, are pretty valuable. Beauty and the Beast on VHS. So you, it, it's just a Beauty what? and the Beast VHS. 
The Black Diamond ed- edition runs from fifty dollars to nine thousand. We might actually have. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we I have that we on have VHS. This. I absolutely. I be- think we just I absolutely threw that believe away. We- no, I bl- I know that we have that. Oh my gosh. We actually have I that. I know we have that and we just threw it away. We just cleaned out every VHS. I think I talked about this. Yeah, you did. Took all our VHS tapes, dumped them in boxes, threw them away. 9,000 bucks. Ah! Dang that, it. Yours wasn't worth that though, Pat. Yeah, probably. No, well, this was way, let's just say that. Right. Yours was I not, just yours had was I didn't bad. have fact, the diamond edition. In fact, you're correct. And in fact, right. the one that you had it didn't even play. Anymore. Didn't even play. It, it was broken. It's horrible. Uh, then Harry Potter books, 500 copies of the 98 edition of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone uh, with Joanne Rowling listed as the author. Oh, wow. Printed. Only uh, how many of them? 500. Okay. Wow. So they're, they're extremely valuable now. One bookseller estimates could be worth $56,000. Wow. Nice. That'd be a good payday. Nice. I don't have that. I can guarantee you that. But that would be, be a good nice. payday. More patents do coming up in a minute. Fifty-six grand. Well, I tell you what, my uh, <laughs> my beauty with the beast VHS, that baby's worth nine grand. <laughs> I tell you, you that right Jeff. now. You should see. That baby's worth nine grand. Triple eight seven two seven back, uh, Pat and Stu from our friend JP. Uh, we featured some of his work before. Here's uh, if meat eaters acted like vegans uh, and what salads happen. totally grossing me out. I've completely lost my appetite. <laughs> How long have you been That's a meat great. eater for? I only eat meat. I'm going to the Meat Stock Flesh Festival. Are you going? Yeah, I want the tofu spring rolls. Except I don't eat tofu, so do you have like a tofu-flavored chicken you can substitute in for me? It's not that vegetable eaters are bad people. It's just that they're terrible people. This sausage is a meat-based vegetable substitute for cucumber. It's got the taste and the texture of an actual cucumber with none of the cucumber. Eating plants makes your body way too alkaline, which will definitely kill you. Do you really want that? That coconut was going to grow into a palm tree. Why would you eat that? JP was the most illogical, condescending person I've ever met. Saying something like that is just a symptom of being overly alkaline. It just makes you mean and you can't think straight. It's pretty funny. That's pretty funny because that, like that. that actually makes some great points. <laughs> it is how they act. It is exactly how they act. Uh, fortunately, our friend Stu doesn't. He's Stu's, Of course, Stu's not a vegan. No, he's not. He is not a vegan. You would not he know is, it by how, how, he, how he dresses. He's just, no. I mean, he's, he's a sissy. There's no question about oh, that. Yeah, clearly. Uh, and uh, he is a vegetarian. Um, but uh, there he is. Yeah, see. And uh, there, he, there he is. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a, that's a yeah, good look. I'll him. never admit to this on the air, but he looks pretty hot there. Yeah, he looks. Well, are we yeah. on the air? Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. Uh, also, uh, plus, I'll just go on the record. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's not here homesick? 
Uh, right, the vegetarian. Back up to you, Aldi. Right, that's a that's a great point. Uh, for some reason, Daniel Craig. What's his deal? I don't know. He's just turned down doing two more James Bond movies. Everybody seems to like him as Bond, and I, I I've seen him in I think in one of these, and he was pretty good. Okay. They offered him like a hundred million dollars right. to do two more, and he said no. He'd rather slash his wrist than return as Bond for a fifth time. I hate it when these guys get all come on now uppity and elitist over it. How I mean, many guys movie? would just slash their wrists to get a Bond deal oh for gosh. five movies? For, I mean, for that's a hundred million dollars. Come on now, you get, we're gonna give you two more movies for a hundred million, Daniel. I mean, whatever. Good luck, God bless. Man. Yeah, whatever. Good luck, whatever. I'll do it. I'll, do, I'll just give me a call. <laughs> call me. Call me. Okay.